Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, we have a surprise for everybody tonight. Mm-hmm. We have a wonderful, wonderful... You know what? I'm not going to say anything else about her. I'm going to let you do that, Brian. I'm just I'm just happy that we finally got a chance to have her on. I, I've said, Brian, I know you heard me mention her name before, and when I received the email from her saying that she was honored to come on the show, I, I Brian, I wanted her to come on the show right then, but I knew that you know we had to schedule a show around her schedule, but I was just ready, and I know that this won't be the last time that she's on here. Yes, yes. You know, I, I was just, you know, on her website, just, you know, kind of, Brushing up, so I'll have some good questions to ask her, and I was just blown away. I'm like, whoa! You know what? No. When I, I'm sorry, Brian, to cut you off, but when I went to her site, the first thing it, it looked like she's floating on there. If if you go to her site, Brian, I know you're there. Give out her uh, website for me, please. But when 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 you give that information out, please go to her site. It's like it's it's as if she's just floating. That's the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind when I saw it. I was like, wow, it's, it's something different about this site. It's something special about this person. And I was just blown away, and I said, Brian, we've got to get her on the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I wanna, I'm going to go ahead and read this. No, you know what? I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you the site. It's www.presentmemory.com. That's www.presentmemory.com. And tonight's special guest is renowned images inspirational speaker and consultant Melissa Zolo and she's focused on the power of imagination consciousness and the art of manifestation wow. she teaches people how to use the universal laws of success and how to face personal and professional challenges by designing successful blueprints and beliefs Melissa explains how to take the take full and systematic control of inner resources, how to image to increase self-confidence and a sense of worth, and how to achieve success and fulfillment of personal dreams. I know that sounds like a lot, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I want to introduce her and bring her on in. Melissa, are you there? I am here, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Thank you, thank you to both of you. That was a beautiful introduction, and I really hope that, you know, we have all our energies together so that we'll have some fun and also help some people out tonight. Yes, yes. yes. Melissa, you know, the first thing when I saw your site, again, I said it just, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's just amazing. Just go to her site. but. Melissa, I want to know, what is a, a, an imagist? I know a lot of people are thinking, what in the world is that? Well, an imagist is someone who turns within to the workshop of their imagination. If you think of the word imagist, the, the word image is in their picture. And, you know, if you look at many different, you know, religions or metaphysical sources of information, they speak about we are created in the image and likeness of some power, some innate intelligence. And so when people used to ask me, you know, what was I? You know, I had, I had a very challenging time because I thought of myself as an artist. I never thought of myself as a spiritual teacher, nor did I ever think of myself as a healer. So I wanted to create a, a label, if you would, that had no connotations to anything um, because I didn't want to come off as a presumptuous person. I'm very grounded. I understand my life and I also understand these principles. So because my work was rooted in imagination and, and also that, you know, we have the power to imagine and create our lives, I thought, wow, that's a great way to identify myself. I am, you know, and so that's how I began to call myself an imagist. Someone who imagines, someone who uses inner resources in a proactive, creative way, you know, to help myself deal with life. Wow. 
You know, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you talk about the power of imagination. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's something that Greg taught me a while back. We were working with some uh, troubled youth at a detention center, and Greg had this little game that he played with the kids, and it taught me something, that the power of your mind is amazing. He basically had the kids, you know, focus on something that they really liked, and, you know, he told them, imagine that you're, you know, it's a car, your favorite car, and, you know, grab the wheel, and what color is it? And, you know, you could see these kids, their minds are just flowing. Oh, I have a car, and it's purple, and it's got chrome wheels and the 24 inches got music, you know, and they're imagining all these things and, you know, and Greg is basically just letting them paint a picture in their mind of this, you know, so I said all that to say, how powerful is the power of imagination? The beginning of everything that we create starts with the power of an image or a mental blueprint. And let me say that there is a difference between fantasizing something and actually knowing how to go within into our inner resources and develop a disciplined and controlled imagination. Because once we know how to discipline and control our imagination, we then tap into our power to project and clothe our ideas and, and therefore release them, giving them visibility or expression to come into the world of effects or our personal life. You know, I, I just want to say before we proceed um, that I'd love to dedicate this time together and this radio show to my mother who was uh, taken to the hospital quite unexpectedly yesterday. And the reason that I say this is because as soon as I heard the news, the first thing I did was become quiet, go within myself, and mount an image of safety, protection, and health for her. And so, you know, the concept, you know, of imaging for me is one that must be practiced at all times, not just for the things that we want to attract to ourselves, which are definitely our birthright, but also to go deeper into ourselves so that we can apply it in the face of challenges for healing, you know, not only ourselves, but for those we love and for those, you know, we don't even know. So you didn't panic. A lot of people panic when they hear something like that. But for you to stay calm, that just shows that there are, you know, that there has to be some type of experience. You didn't just, you, I mean, you're not able to just do this on Correct. your bike. It, it, it took some practice. It took something to, to get you to that point. Yes, and that's one of the biggest points that I love to share with people, that, you know, when you when we are starting out trying to, um, develop our point of attraction, we are really learning how to discipline our emotions and use our feelings in a proactive way. But you really know someone by the way uh, they use their thoughts and their feelings because your thought is the magnet, but you become what you believe and feel to be true. And so another way of saying this is that appearances came in to to my world and when the appearance came in it had a certain vibration or feeling to it that I did not accept so I took the information and then I turned within myself and I said I'm going to turn this around so that I can create a perspective about this and so my course is always an inner one when I walk faithful to this inner vision, then every step I take is a triumph over fear. And also it helps me, I don't know, my image is like my lighthouse. It gives me my bearings. It lets me know um, where the portals of possibility exist. And so, um, and so it was a moment. And what's beautiful about it is, is that I just believed and felt 
so deeply that my mother was cared for because I'm thousands of miles away and I wasn't able to get on a plane immediately. My sister went down. But, but the point is, is that I realize for myself in these moments that I'm trusting the wisdom of, of this spirit within me in a deeper way. And, and sometimes how you know where you are along your path your journey is when a challenge comes in. Yeah. That's yeah. how you know. You know, it, it's ironic because unexpectedly my mother went into the hospital today. Oh, my. You know, and I had the same type of reaction. You know, it was it was a sort of, okay, let me find out what's going on, but I know everything's going to be fine. You know, and I just left it at that. Right. You know, and, you know, my mother had dealt with health issues in the past, and I always said, I don't worry about that. That's no big deal. And she's like, that is a big deal. And I'm like, only if you believe it is. That's it. You know, and so it's this the thing about consciousness. Yes. Where you have to be, you know, and I guess, I'll, I guess since you're the expert on this, I'll let you explain it. But for me, it's just, you know, being aware of what's around you and what surrounds you. Yes. Also, for me, consciousness, consciousness is the first reality. And so out of our consciousness comes, you know, everything. Our conscious mind chooses ideas. Our subconscious mind receives the impression. And if you trust it and let it alone, and for, th- those ideas will fertilize by our feelings, because our feelings are the fountainhead of power. And so, again, when I use my conscious mind to say, I'm going to choose the idea that at this moment my mother is protected and safe and surrounded by the most wonderful healthcare practitioners, first of all, it relieves me. Second of all, it, it leads me to the place where now I'm opening the portal of possibility. I'm impressing that upon my subconscious mind or deeper consciousness. And then what happens is it evokes a feeling in me, you know, of the way I would expect to feel as if all were well. And to me, this is the key to how you walk in this world of effects and challenges and sadness but as a master of circumstances, not as a victim to our outer senses and also to our emotions. Yes. As, you, know, you know. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Greg. No, I was going to say, you know how a lot, a lot of times what we do when we hear bad news or we're going through tough times, which we all at some point we will have to face, but why is it that we, when, when tough times hit, we, we want to get quiet and we want to stay in the dark and we don't want to go anywhere, then we don't want to talk with anyone on the phone. Shouldn't we be doing the opposite? Well, you know, every one of us have different habits of how we deal with life's challenges. Usually, you know, for me, what I notice from most people is they cut off. As soon as they get frightened, they cut off and fear starts to take over and if they aren't in the habit of every day trying to discipline their mind and their thoughts and their feelings when adversity strikes they many times feel helpless Um, but when you make a lifetime you know studying and and applying these principles you know simply because you're choosing to evolve and choosing to want to test the limits of what's possible, it, then, you know, there's, there's a whole different way of, of dealing. So for me, you know, once I knew that I trusted, that feeling of trusting let me know that I believed in myself and that I believed that there is a healing power and that that healing power is ever-present and that it is, at this moment where my mother and your mother and every person on the planet, whether the mother is here physically or not, that at this moment that power is everywhere present. And so why not hook into it at a frequency of health 
at a frequency of gratitude, of a frequency of deep joy, and go in, on that path. It is the path, you know, less traveled. That I know. You know, I mean, Robert Frost once said, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see why you have been successful. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but the the one other thing that I wanted to focus on, you know, for this portion of the show is, you know, you talk about having, uh, about teaching the art of manifestation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've we've heard this uh, a couple times in a different manner. We talk about the law of attraction. But the art of manifestation, can you expound a little bit on that? Because, you know, I've heard that in a sense, but I've never really heard about people teaching this. Well, you know, right now there is a lot of focus on the law of attraction. Um, our whole universe is, is a manifestation of a grand architect's image, if you will. And we are aspects of this power, okay? So just using the concept of I'm created in the image and likeness or image and substance of this creative energy, spirit, whatever word you want to call it. So once I comprehend, which I spent a lot of time trying to understand what does it mean that I'm created in the image and likeness of this power, this substance, this ever-present being or source what does that mean and i thought it means that i must have the attributes housed within me somewhere they may be dormant but that potential to create is within me the potential to penetrate the depths of reality and reveal or bring forth and give birth to something new that's within me And that, my friend, made me understand from a very personal and practical point of view that I was greater than my my heredity. I was greater than the color of my eyes or the color of my skin. I was greater than my physical body. That within me was a dreamer, a dreamer of dreams. I was capable of imagining or imaging and and using ideas and that once I started to really focus on that concept the power of imagination and then studying all of the universal laws not just the law of attraction because the law of attraction doesn't work alone and actually the law of consciousness and vibration in my opinion would be the two laws you want to learn first because that kicks the law of attraction into motion. But, but just for the sake of where we are now, I understood that my thoughts had the potential to create a force field of energy, a feeling that would radiate out from me and begin to attract back into my life people, situations, circumstances that were in harmony with my image, thought, and feeling. And so I really started to understand that I had the potential or the power to manifest new results, whether it was money or relationships or wonderful customers or clients. It didn't matter what it was that I wanted to attract what mattered was was that I had to develop my potential to attract. In other words, I had to in some way learn and create for myself a process where I became a powerful attractor, if you will, someone who could understand and actually apply everything that I would need in order to manifest my desire. Mm. You know what, Melissa, did something happen in your life that pushed you to the point where you're tapping into yourself? Yes, yes. You know, originally, you know, my story is as unique 
or as ordinary as any person listening tonight. I was a girl from the streets of Brooklyn. You know, my dream was to be an actress on the stage. I was following my dream when suddenly, uh, you know, I got a curved ball, and, uh, and my life as I knew it was just taken down. In retrospect, there are no accidents. There are no curved balls. It was what I needed to attract in order to have an entirely new life, you know, come into being. And so um, I, not to go into my story, but um, I, I had a, uh, a serious health crisis. But it was that crisis that really taught me not to talk the talk about spiritual principles. There's so many people who talk it, and you can tell in one to three minutes that they're really good at marketing and they're really good at presenting ideas, but they don't have the feeling that they actually walk their talk and have been through something. And so I realized that I had a choice when I was given a certain diagnosis and was suffering that I could live from the outside or I could really go within myself and immerse myself in the process that I had studied. And by doing that, I would know if spiritual principles worked for me. And, and so I really tested the boundaries of my knowledge and I grew beyond the concept I held of myself. And, of course, I lived through it. And what happened, not by intent at all, but, you know, by something greater than I am, I started to attract people who um, wanted what I had to share in the way that I presented it. Wow. You know, and this is something that Greg and I talk about all the time, promise and deliverance usually being born out of tragedy and despair. It's almost like the phoenix rising from the ashes. That's a beautiful image. <laughs> that is a beautiful image, you know. I mean, my desire became, you know, something most people when they're starting out, and it's a good thing, I, I say it, it's your birthright to have money. It's your birthright to have, you know, wonderful relationships and greater success. It's your birthright to use these principles as a cushion as you travel the highways and byways of life. But for me, once you know how to design a mental blueprint and create an image, it is your lighthouse that you are then going to train your inner self to focus on. And that one simple piece of information, train my inner self to go and focus there when everything was screaming for me to focus on the problem and the pain. Mm. You know, Melissa, I want to I wanna talk a little bit about... Uh, your series that you have, you have a seminar series called Your Invisible Power. Yes. You know, when I first read that and I, you know, kind of started looking into it, I'm like, wow, invisible power. You know how, you know how when you're a kid and you think that you're Superman? Yes. Because you can, you know, you believe if you put that cape on yes. and you jump off the bed, you can fly? Yes. You know, I always that's that's the first thing that came to my mind when I thought about the invisible power. Well, that is a beautiful image. You have beautiful, beautiful images um, that you're sharing with everyone tonight. And, and, you know, in a way, in order to get off the runway of life and fly and dream and believe in the impossible, you must, in a way be as that child, but instead of putting a cape on and running around externally, uh, I would say that I turn to the workshop of my imagination and, you know, my wings just, you know, take me and lift me off the, my senses 
and and once that happens i can rise up i am rising up within myself out of the arena of the problem the pain the tragedy all of those ideas i am rising up in consciousness to the moment, to the place, to the vibration, to the idea that saves me, that that heals me, that in some way, you know, opens the door to my courage. And I take inner action because now in that place, I feel at one with truth and potential and and really, at that moment, I'm not, or I'm not in the darkness anymore. I'm in the light of life. And what I try to do for myself and for anyone who comes to me for consultations or in my teleseminars or Image First clinics is I try to inspire someone to begin to walk their own path knowing the power is within them. I never try to let someone see me as the source of their answer. I, I try to encourage them to expect the answer to rise up out of the depths of their being, of their soul, because that's what we are here for. We're here to create that energy, that feeling, that thought pattern that says, I expect my needs to be met. I expect answers to my every challenge to come to me. I expect abundance on every level. I expect results, and I choose to see them taking place within myself. And here's the reason why, because the inner you communicates with you through the power of that image and your feelings. Awesome. Melissa, I'm, I want to say this, and I want you to take it and tell us whatever comes to your mind. Thoughts are things. Yes. Thoughts are things. Thoughts create results. Your thought is the magnet. Now, if you can just take those three ideas and stop for a second and say, my thoughts are a magnet. My thoughts, I have the power to choose ideas. I have the power to use my thoughts to create a mental picture of success. And then I have the power to take my feelings and emotionalize that picture of success. Now you're moving out of the realm of just the physical dimension and you are moving within the realm of the impossible. You follow? Yes. So now once you discover that your thought image or mental blueprint is the key that frees you from prison, the prison meaning the focus you have on your, on your problem. Once, you, once I am free, you follow, I am no yes. longer focusing on my, pro, on my problem. Now my thoughts, you follow, yes. my thoughts are in a whole new realm. And the whole key of my work is learning how the process, how to take a thought and turn it over so that it materializes or, or is projected into my experience as a thing. But the, the physical thing, you follow, yes. is simply the expression of the thought. You know, money, if we look at money, money is an idea. Money is an idea. It lives within you. And if you understand that you are constantly working with ideas, and then if you understand how to use your inner resources, and my audio programs, whether it's the Discover the Power of Imagination or How to Unleash the Power Within and Attract Money or Melissa's Secrets on the Law of Vibration, the one thing they have in common is they show you how to take the idea and impress yourself with it until it manifests or you, it, 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 the, vis, the invisible becomes visible. But the concept of the thought, thoughts are things, is that the inner world is the real world of causation, and the physical world or the outer world where we, li we think we live is really the world of effects. 
So the cause of poverty is a poverty consciousness. The cause of failure is a failure consciousness. You understand? Yes. Yes. So let's teach people how to go within their consciousness. And, and if you're a woman, let's go shopping for new ideas. <laughs> or if you're a guy and you want to hunt, let's go hunting for ideas. Let's clean up our mental slums that we live in and so that we can get the thoughts that we want to be our primary focus so that we can start having healthier, happier, more loving lives with less division. Because really the physical world is the world of, you know, everything is a, a, a multitude of diversity. Mm, wow. Melissa, we have a caller on the line who's been patiently waiting, and they want to ask you a question. So okay. If you don't mind, we're going to go to the caller. Okay. Hey, Greg and Brian. 404? Yes. Hey. How are you guys doing? Hey, oh, how are you doing? Great, Welcome. I'm very well. I'm enjoying the conversation, but I got a question from Melissa. And after, after another ask, ask the question, I've got to get off the phone, so I, I do apologize because I've got to get on a conference call. But I will listen to the answer in the archive. Melissa, the question I have is, how do you, or if you do work with young people who have experienced traumatic experience, how do you get them to trust the creative picture, the creative power within them to see the image to create a different reality? Well, the first thing I say is that the person who's seeing the younger person has to have the correct picture in their mind that the younger person can receive. Because the way you're setting the question is saying, basically, I'm looking at John but I see him with a problem. I see him in lack. So my first, you know, I, I always tell people, there's no one to change but yourself. That's and right. so the first key to giving this information to someone else is to first apply it to yourself. Lift yourself up until you're vibrating from solution. There will be an energy around you. And I'll give you an example. When I was 26, I went um, and created a program in the state of Connecticut whereby I went and lived in prison for six months with inmates. Um, their crimes ranged from, you know, stealing to, you know, to murder, the gamut. And I remember that when I went in, you know, uh, the guards and, you know, the officials said that I could look at what they had done. And I said, why would I do that? I didn't want to know their past. I wanted to, to move into the present. I wasn't seeing them from what they had done. That is what we're talking about, carrying the memory of lack, carrying the memory of whatever, abandonment, poverty, failure. I wanted to go in and meet them in the moment. And I think that the reason the program was successful so successful it lasted three years and in fact what happened was I was at a young age I, I created a program whereby we bust inmates that were serving time out to the Eugene O'Neill Theater in Connecticut we had inmates writing the script performing it was something that was unheard of and I believe it was successful because I approached every person with the idea that, hey, look, you're here to create, and you're here to do a job, and we're going to do this. Now, did we have problems? Yes. But, you know, in theater, there's always a challenge to put on a show. And so for me, the first key is first change yourself. The second is you can't give to someone information that you yourself really don't understand. So sometimes I feel that people are trying to give bits and pieces. You know, some people just teach the law of attraction or they say, here, visualize this. But it's not grounded in what for me is essential, which is the whole enchilada. You know, I do not teach pieces of this. I know the process. I think that's why... Um, the people who have come to me or used my work or take my teleseminars 
are it's successful because I come with the idea you're coming to me so that I give you what you need so that you apply it and you get results. Otherwise, why are we doing this? Hmm. You know, and now that you mention that, it made me remember how successful Greg and I were when we were working with the youth because we let them use their own abilities as we taught them. You know, Greg, I want you to just tell her a little bit about one of the things we've done with uh, when we work with the uh, with the disadvantaged youth, with the youth that were in the uh, detention center. There okay. was a game. Melissa, what we used to do is we started doing role play. We we knew that the kids were were in there for doing some things that you know that that was probably against the law, but we never asked them why they were there. We didn't want to know why they were there. We only we only wanted to focus on what they could become. And exactly. That's we, yes, that's what we try to teach them. We had these kids play um, in in role play. We had some of them playing lawyers, some of them playing judges, and we created a courtroom. And we had the kids to, you know, Brian and I were the, the criminals, and we had them to punish us. And I wish you could have heard some of the things that these kids were saying. They they took their role really, really serious, and, and they wanted to, to lock me up for life. And the reason they wanted to lock me up for life is I was doing some of the same things that they were doing, but they didn't know what we were doing until after it was over. You know, you did a really great thing because in that moment, what you did was you gave them an image. You follow? You gave them a new identity. You said you are the lawyer or you are the good person or you are the doctor. You are the friend. You are, you know, whatever it is. And in that moment, they shifted out of the state of consciousness of being a juvenile delinquent or a problem child into the state of consciousness of being someone respected, of being someone who had a responsibility to deliver a sentence. And what it shows over and over and over in my experience is that if you work from principle first, from image first, and you give that suggestion to someone with respect for that person and the process, that then you're tapping into courage that becomes action. Mm. Yeah, and you know what? Another thing that we we after the the role play, it was so powerful because at the end, these kids were saying, you know, Mr. Turner, Mr. Henderson, can you bring us some information on how we can become a lawyer mm-hmm. or how I can become a judge? Or because they loved it because they had the opportunity to do something or see themselves in a role that they have never imagined before. And they felt that power. They felt that what they were doing for their neighborhood and their community, they were cleaning it up. And the, the very, you know, the one of the things that they kept saying was, "You're going to hurt somebody. We're going to stop you. We're not going to allow you to go back in this community again because you're causing problems and you're hurting people." And that's what they were doing. And at the end, Brian and I said, "You know, you guys wanted to punish us severely for what we were doing." but we were only doing the same things that you were out there doing. And it was almost as if somebody had hit one of them in the face with a bat because they were like, I didn't think of it like that. Also, they never saw it before. And so you allowed them to what? Imagine, you follow? And then you allowed them to go through the process, and then you allowed them to actually teach themselves and say, oh, my God, I I didn't see that. Now I see it. What that was was a shift in awareness. Mm-hmm. You follow? Yes. You know, and if, if you can imagine it, you can create it. And, again, that's why I, I so stress that, you know, you know, if you make change and growth uh, hip, you follow? Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like... I don't know. It's like water. It's it's like light for the plant. It, it it just normally moves towards the light. Imagination is the force behind creativity. We have to have the spirit of inventiveness, you know, in order to support people whose choices or conditioning up until that moment 
you know, have created habits that limit them. But the, in other words, the prison that someone is in is the prison that they're locked in their mind, and it's the thought patterns or habits that created that person up until that moment. What I try to do, and again, all of my work is about showing someone how to walk out of the prison that they created unintentionally, unconsciously, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is the present moment. What do you want now? What do you want now? What do you want to, to think right now? What do you want to feel right now? Don't connect it to the problem or the challenge. That's what I did. That's what I do every day. Every day I'm in a series of, of moments of self-adjustment. And I'll tell you something else. I use my own audio programs every day. Every day, because I am every day trying to increase my understanding and also my connection to the source within me. I'm trying to also increase my power of being receptive, because a lot of people know what they want, but they can't accept it even when they attract it. They will find a way to abort it and, and sabotage it. And so there is a process and sometimes it's a lengthy process, and sometimes it's very uncomfortable to pass through a boundary of, of, of where you've known yourself. But I always say it's like if tonight, you know, we're all in Florida and we want to go to Alaska, we're going to go on a journey, and we're going to have to add things and take off things, you know, in order to be comfortable because the clothes you wear in Florida are not the same of the ones that you're going to wear you know, when you're in Alaska, and it's the same concept. I say to people, you cannot bring one idea of the problem into the new state of consciousness. You are severing with that. You are divorcing yourself from the concept or the idea of being poor, of being less than someone else, of being a failure, of being stupid, of not being good enough. You have to decide that you are going to sever that relationship with the, those ideas. You cannot, you cannot fool the power within you. It manifests the arrangement of your mind. So if I'm going to divorce myself from what I don't want, I must marry and lovingly, joyfully, happily marry the new idea that I am deserving, that I am wonderful, that I am blessed that I am capable to attract the fulfillment of dream, that I'm capable of making the impossible possible in my life. And from that moment forward, if you get the concept, and should you need the tools, I supply them, from that moment forward you are going to walk forward in that new state of mind. Will you be challenged? Yes. That's what helps us and makes us grow. You know, it's something you said earlier, you talked about choices. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, it made me think about a word, uh, two words that I wrote down earlier in the show. And they were disciplined emotion. Mm. And, you know, every time we make a choice, it, it's based on the emotional state that we're in. Yes, but when you, have, but when you understand that you are the ruler of your emotions. Most of us are the slaves of our emotions. Mm. Something comes in and we become a slave and suddenly we're in low frequency feelings, fear, panic, worry, hopelessness, anxiety. You follow? Yeah. But when you understand that your feelings are worth a fortune to you, that you are the one, the director, you are the pattern maker of your life now, my feelings are my guides. You follow? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them a roadmap of where I want them to go. I'm going to give them a blueprint of what it is I want. That's the beginning, you follow, of disciplined imagination, and it's really the key to rising up because we, our feelings are, it's like that's what has to make us rise up. We're rising up out of the lower frequency from fear, anger, self-hate, you follow self-hate, all those feelings into what? Courage. 
into confidence, into patience, into peace, into happiness, joy, and ultimately love. And when you can really feel, and I mean feel, and every cell of your body, mind, and spirit, love moving through you like a river, then you are reacting, or I should say responding, from a different level. You are no longer a victim of circumstance. You are a producer. You are a master of life. Mm. You know what? That's how, that's the feeling we got when we saw these kids. It, it was like they transformed into someone totally different than who we saw. It, it only took about three minutes for them to transition over. Because you were such powerful role models. You understand you weren't judging them. And because you had that power to transfer that image or that script to them, it just shows you, it, 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 it's so clear that the physical you follows the image. If every person tonight just thinks about that one idea, you know, that my body follows my vision, I go to create a place for you, and where I go, you'll follow. You follow? Yes. The body follows the vision. The body follows the vision. So create a blueprint or an image of health, of happiness. But then you have to do the work. It's, uh, you know, I don't really, I, I, I'm not trying to give a quick fix to someone. If, if someone has lived with the ideas of being poor and not wanted, unliked, it's going to take some time and some effort to implant a new belief, you know, choose new ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, to me, I was worth that. I was worth that. I wanted to expand and grow. I wanted to move out of a mental slum. I wanted to, you know, think and grow rich. I wanted to use my imagination and not be, you know, otherwise I thought, oh, my God, if the subconscious is is conditioned to whatever was implanted in it and if the results I were getting unconsciously were so painful, if I didn't change, then I knew how the rest of my life was going to go. I mean, if you have a blueprint, you understand, you know, the foundation of the house. And if my house was crumbling, the only person who could fix it was me. But I had that desire, which is really important to say, you must have a desire that is more powerful than your habit to give up. Your desire must be so much more powerful than your habit to turn back. Because most of us turn back at the 11th hour when the storm hits the hardest. And that's when you must learn to stand still and become peaceful. And stand on the rock of your confidence in this force or spirit, whatever word you choose to label it. Because there is one power, one source, and it lives within all of us. We have different names for it. We have different ways that we try to communicate with it, but I have found that there is an exact way um, when you know how to image, choose the ideas, know how to emotionalize them. It is a template for uh, self-transformation and also for making the impossible possible in your life. Awesome. You know what, uh, Melissa, I want to say this too. We, we've been dealing with a lot of women that are dealing with the issues of rape and molestation. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important and I think the most powerful thing is they don't know how to forgive the person that did that to them. So they hold on to that and they beat themselves up. And we're talking about someone that was probably five years old that was molested. And they're holding themselves right now, they're holding themselves as... as the person that was in the wrong. How? What you're saying to me in my words is simply this. The pain of the experience has not been cleared yet. The emotion of, and that's on the memory has moved forward. 
you follow, they may be 20 or 30 or 40. But what you're saying is, is that that past is actually their present. It is their present moment. And so it would almost be impossible for someone to forgive since the pain is so present in, in, their, in their current state of mind. You follow? Yes. Okay. So, but the thing is, is this. Each of us has our story. One person, you know, let me just say this. I'm not saying that what occurred should be condoned. I'm not, for every action, you know, there is a, a reward or a consequence. So I, I'm not speaking to that, you follow. I'm not condoning at all. What my focus would be is that someone comes to me and they say, I am in pain. This memory is imprisoning me. I am unable to move forward now, but I want to. You follow? Yes. What we're talking about is that person now has a desire to heal. That person has a desire to heal. Without the desire to heal, there is no movement. And so the desire must come from within that person. And to me, the person who chooses, you follow? Yeah. The process, the, the, to begin the process of letting go, to begin the process that's going to have to make them feel perhaps that pain that they've put away. Um, that's the process that should they decide they're worth it will lead them to forgiveness. They may not forgive the person. What to me, I'll tell you what forgiveness is to me. Forgiveness to me is not me saying to you, I forgive you for what you did to me. I'll tell you, that doesn't work for me. That actually brings up, for me, the energy of why should I forgive you? You follow? Yeah. So that doesn't work for me. But for me, forgiveness is to replace the memory with something else. So, in other words, instead of giving all my power and focus to, let's say, something you did, I then sit down and say, why am I giving him all the power of my attention i'm i'm actually empowering this sucker you follow mm -hmm. yeah. i then say wow why don't i create a new memory for myself that says i'm attracting perfect people into my life i'm attracting people who care about me now i'm attracting people who want to be my friend i'm attracting people who respect me my god I'm being respected. I'm being valued. That now, to me, you follow, yeah. is the beginning of forgiveness. I am forgiving and, my, uh, and I'm looking in a new direction. My energy is starting to move. You follow? Mm -hmm. That's forgiveness because then it may take six months. It may take six years. I don't care about the time frame. But what will happen is if that person keeps building on that, on that idea, they will wind up one day with a blueprint that is not I was raped, but rather a blueprint that says I am valued, accepted, worthy, and loved now. Yeah. Wow. That's my version of how you forgive. It's not about, you know, were it's nothing I do is really based on the outside, you know. It's really rooted um, on the inside. You have to go within, and also you have to have time. You know, I spent years in a healing crisis, and let me say it to anyone who's hurting tonight: I held myself many a night, and the tears flowed. But you know, there's a great quote uh, by a doctor named Thurman Fleet. He said. The soul would have no rainbow if the eyes shed no tears. And so sometimes some of us are on a road or at a moment when there are a lot of tears that are being shed. But for me, if you have the lighthouse, the blueprint, that's guiding you through that storm. Think of, you know, a ship in the midst of darkness, you know, and, and waves and storms. That captain of that ship is looking for the lighthouse. 
And that, to me, is an image that works for me all the time, especially when I'm challenged. Where's my lighthouse? If I don't have a belief or another or the idea, I can't be saved because it's the idea that ultimately saves you. And you could take everything I said tonight and turn it around to your image is your prayer or your prayer. When you pray, you are praying, you are going within, you are saying to some greater you know, God or spirit, help me. But this is what I want. You follow? It's, yeah. You know, bring my fever down or please get me a job. You know, let me meet the right person. What you are saying is I will surrender lack for fulfillment by believing in you. You know, and, and if we had more conversations on this, you would see that, you know, people who believe in religion and people who believe in metaphysics may not be so far apart. Um, maybe our words are different, but in essence, we are trying to believe in something greater that is within us and believe in ourselves and understand that we are one with this power. We're not separated from it. Mm. You know, as I listen to you, I'm I'm just I'm blown away. <laughs> wow, you know, I, and you know, as I've been listening to the show, I've also just been kind of scouring over your rep, website, you know, that you know, so that I'll have good questions for you. And the one site that I just kind of like stayed on the whole time, it says Melissa's Blueprint for Success. Yes. You know, and just about all the things you talked about. Yes. Are in that blue fit. You got it. You know, we should tell people the the website address again. Yes, please. www.presentmemory.com. I put that blueprint there because I said I want people to understand it's all within you. It's all within you. And sometimes there are days when I'll open that up and just look and focus there. Mm -hmm. You know, and say focus on love, focus on abundance, focus on relationship, but focus. Because, you know, if you, if you are undisciplined or unfocused, that's the loser's companion. Focus is the winner's companion. Mm. You know, and it's funny. I wrote down the word mental blueprint right at the, be at the beginning of the show. That was one of the first things you said. And I'm, I'm always, I always try to key in on words that catch my attention. And now that I see this mental blueprint, mm. and it has so many aspects of, reality in life and issues that many people go through you know you have on here confidence love harmonious relationships happiness health forgiveness spiritual growth wealth creative fulfillment family weight management <laughs> peace of mind and success and i'm thinking wow it's all there you know i'd also like to let everyone know i have a free newsletter that i send out i also have free daily tips every day and for me the they are it's mental food for your spirit mm -hmm. and if any of the ideas fed anyone's spirit tonight i invite everyone to come to my website and sign up for my newsletter um, because I really try to give um, information that can help you heal your life. And also they can also find out about my audio programs as well. Yes, yes. Well, I tell you, you wow, you have definitely just, whew. <laughs> you know, Greg knows me, and, I, and I'm, I'm very loquacious, and I I tend to get that way on the show, but I've just been writing down and listening, and, you know, I hadn't really had a whole lot to say <laughs> because you've said so much and you've given us so much great information, and I really thank you for coming on the program tonight. It was my pleasure. Um, it was a lot of fun. I hope that we entertained as well as inspired, and um, I hope some of the ideas you know, um, people will go home, think about it, test it out, and and go forth on, you know, their path um, with a little bit more confidence and hope in their heart. Yes, yes, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Melissa Zolo, the website is presentmemory.com. Check her out, listen to the audio tapes, sign up for the newsletter, 
get in contact with this lady. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just done an awesome job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank really, you. this has been a great honor and a great pleasure, and I'm sure that the doors between us will stay open. Yes, they will. Absolutely. Well, that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we hope that you come back on Wednesday, 9 p.m. sharp, where we'll have another entertaining and informative show. Thank you, good evening, and God bless.